I'm Phil C. And I'm Lynn. And together, we're, we're Roman Oz. Real interviews. With real people. On location. With a great mix of Aussie music. As requested by the people we interview. Follow us on Facebook. Or check us out, allaussieradio.com.au. Now syndicated to... Backwater Country, 87.6 FM. Tuesdays and Fridays. At 9pm. All interviews are live. And on location. And may vary in audio quality from segment to segment. So, Phil, what's on the show this week? Well, Lynn, we start off with you. Right. <laughs> that doesn't often happen, does no. it? We're actually starting off with you, and I've managed to arrange an appointment for uh, you to be chatting with Wendy Colleen from Stanton and Colleen. Mm, very good. And then straight after that? Uh, you're going to be talking about the mighty Murray River and also one of Australia's oldest flags, the Murray River flag. Yeah, a little bit of history tied up in that one, right. then, that's for sure. Uh, then after that, I'm chatting with Steve from the Deneliquin Caratel and Caravan Park. Right, okay, and we're still in Deneliquin, and you're going to be chatting to Lindsay from the Historical Society. That's right, and uh, and then we finish up with Vicky Lowry. Right. Now, Vicky Lowry is the general manager of the uh, Deneliquin, or Denny Ute Muster. Mm, Very interesting. interesting. Absolutely yes. interesting, Lynn. Now, apart from all these fabulous discussions, we've also got a great selection of music as, as requested by, by the people, people we interview. So, Lynn, what do you think? On, On with, with the show. show. Oh, Lynn, I've got a surprise for you. Stanton Colleen. Now, what's Stanton Colleen all about? Ah, well, it's a winery in the Rutherglen region. Absolutely. And you know what I've managed to do? Yes. I've managed to organise a chat with you and Wendy Colleen from Stanton Colleen. Okay, well, I better get that started. That sounds good to me, Lynn. We are visiting Stanton and Colleen, a winery in Rutherglen, which is in northeast Victoria, and we're with Wendy, the owner. How are you today, Wendy? I'm very well, thank you, Lynn. That's good. Now, for our listeners, uh, when did um, Stanton and Colleen all begin? We first part planted grapes in 1875. Oh, really? Yes. And I believe um, that that's seven generations yes. of the family. My daughter is the seventh generation of our family. We're Killeen's and the, yep. uh, the original owners were Stanton's and back mm-hmm. in 1948, mm-hmm. a Stanton married a Killeen. So we've had, we've enjoyed continuous family business since yep. 1875. And what all the, um, everyone has sort of uh, been a vineyard. Yes, yes. We, we've we've made wine since 1875, yeah. and people say, "Well, how can how can you be so old in Australia?" Yeah. I mean, we're not that old as a no. as a, a modern nation, mm. and it's because the wine industry is very male dominated, or has been for mm-hmm. many generations. Yes. Not so much now, but uh, I guess in the early days, I suppose in the first four or five generations, uh, the wineries. The business was left to the son, the oldest yes. son. Yep. So that's um, so that's why we're here in business today. My daughter is in her early thirties, yep. and we run the business together now. Mm-hmm. It's the first time in the family's history that women have oh, really? been in charge. Yes. Oh wow, all, that's exciting! It's, it's, it's good to see. Yes, yes. It's very good to see. And so, what she studied um, winemaking, or has she just picked it up? Uh, from... No, we're we're more. Um, business owners, managers, yep. right, uh, we, okay. we employ winemakers and vineyard oh, managers right, okay. and, and, and we, we're a team of 10. Yeah. So, yep. um, yes, we're, we're really the owners, but we're learning. So yes. we've, it's been in our family all these years and oh, we've picked good. it up over the years, but we're certainly not technically trained. Right. right. Okay. So um, you have um, award-winning tokes and muskets. Yes. And, and, and port. And port. Uh, we're very lucky here in Rutherglen because we're a warm, we have a warm climate and mm-hmm. we're able to grow, grow many different grapes. Yep. So in our vineyard alone, we have 14 different varieties. Mm-hmm. So we make sparkling wine, we make white wine, mm-hmm. we make red wine, and yep. we make fortified wine, which of course mm-hmm. is the muskets, tokays, which we now call topate, okay. yep. and port. Yes. Oh, lovely. And I did notice when I was doing a little bit of research, you do do a white port? We do, we yes. do. And yeah. of course, white port is very traditional in, in Portugal. Yes. And our point of difference in the wine industry in Rutherglen is we have a number of Portuguese port varieties. Yes. Uh, we planted those in the late 18, uh, 1980s, early 90s to yep. make vintage port. Mm-hmm. And after Chris's death in 2007, we decided to... 
honour him mm. by making a table wine, first mm -hmm. time ever, with the Portuguese port varieties. Oh. And since then, we have we now make six different table wines with the beautiful port, port varieties. Oh, that would be nice. And they're, oh, they're, they're lovely. <laughs> so we make from uh, sparkling, sparkling Tempranillo, which yep. in our vineyard it's called Tinta Roriz, mm -hmm. which is Portuguese. Yep. Uh, we make rosé, we make a number of different reds and port. Mm -hmm. Oh, lovely. Mm. Okay, and also you have a Barrel club. What is that, and what do you need to do? That <laughs> okay. sounds interesting. Well, in our cellar out the back here, where we're yeah. sitting today, mm -hmm. we have more than half a million liters of fortified oh. wine maturing in barrels and casks, and wow. and we make a lot of uh, blending port, musket, and mm -hmm. topaque, yeah. and we sell a lot of personalized barrels, so mm -hmm. people can come in here and buy handmade 5 litre, 10 litre, 15 litre or 20 litre barrels yep. and we supply the wine oh, and right. uh, when you buy that barrel you join our club, oh, it's yep. free yep. and we help you through your port your port or your barrel barrel journey. Oh, so okay. each year so you can bring a sample back and we can test it for you, make sure oh, that it's okay. all fresh and uh, you can top up and we right. support you with your beautiful barrel Oh, or a number oh of so you take your barrel home You take your you. barrel home. Right. Because in this day and age, people have everything. Mm -hmm. well, a lot of people have everything. And we find that people love these port barrels, or well, yes. they're, they're fortified wine barrels, yes. because it's something that grows with you and, yep. and uh, the wine matures over years mm. and you can top up. And, yes. And it's it's a point of difference at home too. Yes, I'm, I remember my first experience with a wine barrel. <laughs> Didn't realise that you had to pour water in it to make it uh, stretch <laughs> and of course, you know, everything just went through. Ah, you well, learn. we actually season them. So when, yep. when you buy a barrel from us, They're they've already... been seasoned and, and tightened and, yep. and, and, you know, the all the wood characters so, leached out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, you do cellar doors? We have a beautiful cellar door, yep. yes, and we have a very busy cellar door because Rutherglen is quite a tourist mm -hmm. destination yes. and a lot of wine tourism here. There's over 20, just over 20 wineries in Rutherglen oh. and uh, there are 19 members of the winemakers of Rutherglen and there are some smaller independent wineries mm -hmm. that we support as well. Oh, okay. um, we do have a cellar door, yes, yes. and yeah. we have a number of wines on tasting yep. and we have very friendly staff mm -hmm. and we have a beautiful ground surrounding our cellar yes, door. Yes, no, it's a lovely area So it's a, here. it's a great place to come and have a picnic or yes. come and taste wine and, and we do tours as well. And you do do tours. Okay, and your hours of operation? Our hours are 9 to 5 each day, Sundays at wow. 10 to 5. Wow, so you can come here for a um, uh, a nice afternoon sitting out in this beautiful <laughs> greenery and grounds. And do you do platters or anything? Yes, platters? yes we do. We do either build your own platter or yep. we order beautiful platters from a terrific chef in Rutherglen mm. called Kate who owns Savoy Truffle. Right, and what's Taste of Rutherglen? Taste of Rutherglen is a Wimax of Rutherglen initiative that started many, many years ago. Yeah. Uh, always held on the March Victorian Long Weekend, yes. March Long Weekend. And it's a showcase of food and wine matching. And Lovely. And everybody's got music, all the yep. wineries have music and, and we have food. And we yep. here at Stanton and Colleen we have games for the children. Yes. We have music. Um, there's bean bags to lounge around on the lawn. Wonderful. And, um, and so you're expecting a huge crowd. Yes, we are. Yes. We're, we're hoping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Okay, well, that sounds like um, an exciting place to visit. <laughs> and um, and um, to end off the interview, what song, Aussie song would you like to hear? Well, the first Aussie song that has popped into my head mm -hmm. is Men at Work, um, Land, Land down, down under. Oh, Land okay. Down under. Wonderful. Heard it on the radio the other day. Okay, so we so Australian. We should have that song, Phil. Definitely, most definitely. We've got that. We've got all the Australian songs. You know that, and it is a popular song. Yes. Thank you so much yeah. for selecting that, uh, Wendy. That's going to be great. Yes. All okay. right. Thank you so much great. for your time. Yes. Thank you. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. No. And, and we welcome anybody to our cellar door. Yes. Wonderful. Isn't there a charge for the cellar door, incidentally? Or yes. No? We've introduced most of the wineries. In Victoria now have introduced a tasting fee. Okay. So mm -hmm. in the past Perfectly it's been free, logical. but uh, we certainly have only recently introduced a tasting fee, which is um, 
only sensible, really. Mm. Absolutely. Yes. No, yeah. I can understand that. No, I can too. Well, wonderful. Well, let's get this song underway. And thank you so much again, Wendy, for your You're time. Welcome. Thank and you, let's Lynn. hope taste of Brother Glenn goes really well. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Stick around, listeners. Men at work, land down under, and we'll be back with more Roaming Oz straight after that. Fantastic song selection there from Wendy Colleen at Stan Colleen Winery. Men at Works Down Under. What a great song. Now, listeners, stick around. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the mighty Murray, okay? I'm going to give you some history on the Murray River. And it all began about 40 million years ago. Now, this was uh, through the forces of water and geological uplifting. The valley that cradles Australia's greatest river began to take shape. The Murray is... um, a river whose character encompasses environmental beauty. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's rich in heritage and, uh, and history and there's busy townships along there and amazing regional centres as well. Now, with the amazing tourism experience and a world-class agricultural food and wine region, definitely places there not to be missed, listeners. Now, it creates a border between New South Wales and Victoria, and it's the world's, well, it's rates in about the, I think, the 16th longest river 
Okay, now it's over 2,500 kilometres. <laughs> it's huge. Now, um, it, it's a bed for uh, several rivers, including the Darling and the Murrumbidgee, um, of course, which is on its journey from the Australian Alps before flowing through South Australia to the Southern Ocean. Now, it sits in the Murray-Darling Basin, draining most of inland Victoria and uh, New South Wales and, of course, southern Queensland from the western side of the Great Dividing Range. Now, it was first discovered by um, a couple of European travellers, explorers, if you like, no, and they weren't backpackers, <laughs> Hume and Hovel. Now, back in... Um, the 1800s, 1824, I think it was. Now, it wasn't until five years later, however, that Charles Sturt navigated down the Murrumbidgee to encounter the Murray and named it after Sir George Murray. Now, when his um, exploration party encountered the Darling Connection. Now, you imagine back in the 1800s, the Murray River would have been like a superhighway. Paddle steamers were used, okay? They used to carry wool and wheat and other goods up and down the river system, including the Murray-Darling, Murrumbidgee rivers. Now, um, since settlement of the uh, river basin was so late, the introduction of the railroad came much sooner to the river towns and um, it had a large impact on the steamers along the Murray. Irrigation was introduced in 1887 by Canadian George Chaffee around Mildura in Victoria and Renmark, South Australia. Now, this greatly accelerated the settlement and um, exploitation of the river's water supply. Um, in 1918, a commission was formed to manage water supply and it also coordinated the construction of storage locks and weirs to reduce the effects of drought and flood. Today the water flow is still managed by these locks on the river from Yarrawonga in Victoria to Blanchetown, lock number one in South Australia. Millions of people rely on the Murray as a source of water for domestic and industrial use and it plays a significant part in Australia's economy. A large range um, amount of species can be found living on the river and around the river basin, including emus, koalas, western grey kangaroos, bearded dragon lizards, red rumped parrots, black swans, pelicans, and even dolphins, uh, listeners, yes, even dolphins, closer to the ocean. Also plentiful of fish such as murray cod, brim, perch, and that pesky introduced species which uh, they call um, redfin <laughs> which of course if you catch a redfin it's 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 illegal to put it back in the water redfin are a, an english perch that was introduced and they're such a pest they're like the european carp if you catch any of those ones you got to uh, either hit them over the head with something and feed them to the pelicans <laughs> or whatever else is flying about um or just throw them in your campfire. Don't don't put them back in the river because they really are a nuisance. Well, there you go, listeners. I, I hope you found uh, some of that information interesting. I know I know I did. Two thousand five hundred kilometres long, one of the sixteenth uh, longest rivers in the world. And there's something else I'm going to make mention of that you may not be aware of, and that is the story of the Murray River flag. Now, is it's one of the oldest flags in Australia. Okay. Now, this um, came about before Federation. The Australian colonies used to fly the Union, uh, the Union Jack from the United Kingdom. Now, however, back in the 1850s, I think it was, you know, our sense of national pride emerged. Yes, it did indeed. And um, varied unofficial flags often featured the Southern Cross constellation and um, were designed and flown. Now, the Murray River flag first appeared at Gulwa to honour the first paddle steamer on the Murray River, the Mary Ann, on the barge Eureka. Now, the, it's the only flag in the world named in honour of the river. The flag was described and um, it was also reported of the Australian Register as the flag bears the Red Cross with the four horizontal blue bars. Now, the cross being charged with five stars as emblems of the colonies, while the upper corner is taken up with the British connection, 
which was, I guess, depicted by the Union Jack. Now, it has often been named, um, we understand, the Murray River flag, and has been said that the blue bars represent the four major rivers that run into the Murray River, which, of course, is the Murrumbidgee, the Lachlan and the Darling. Now, the lower Murray flags, uh, used predominantly in South Australia, um, is designed by the use of the pale blue bands, which, of course, represent the lighter-coloured water of the lower reaches of the Murray. And the upper Murray flag has the darker blue bands on on its flag. And uh, that, of course, is representing the darker waters of the river's upper regions. Now, the designer was also the house flag of the Murray River Steam Navigation Co., which suggests that the um, the lineal descendant of the original flag design. So no specimen, I, I must point out, no specimen of uh, or fragment of the original Murray flag is known to exist today, as far as I'm concerned, or as far as I'm aware. Now, listeners, all this talk of, of, of flags and the mighty Murray and so on and so forth has inspired me to select a song for you, okay? And the one I'm going to put on for you right now is one made famous, of course, by Johnny Williamson, one of our great, great Australian country singers and conservationist. And uh, the song I'm going to play for you is a number called A Flag of Our Own. Ned Kelly came round to see me today I guess I was dreaming Dumbfounded I couldn't think what to say I beckoned him in But he shook his head He said I'm a bit grubby and a bit poorly bred I'd rather we yarned out the back in the shed I can leave my boots on that way Well he took a stiff whiskey and laid down his gun He said I won't keep you long Cause I've gotta run, gotta ride to the mountains before night is done He said words got around about the music you play You truly believe in the fair income way That the bush must remain for our spirit to stay And we must have a flag of our own Said I learned long ago when I was still young Like the lizard that spits and sticks out his tongue All the way to get shot is to carry a gun There's a new world order, the leaders all shout And everyone's frantic, they're gonna miss out And the red, white and blues are still marching about How we must have a flag of our own Cause this is Australia and that's where we're from. We're not Yankee sidekicks or second class bombs. And tell the frogs what they can do with their bomb. And we must have a flag of our own. Yeah, this is Australia and that's where we're from. We're not Yankee sidekicks or second class bombs. And tell the frogs what they can do.
Gee, that John Williamson, he amazes me. He can write a song about anything. As long as it's Australian, though, Lynn. Yes, that's correct, Phil. It's Phil C in Deniloquin, or Denny to the locals. I want to talk to Steve, and Steve owns the Car Hotel Caravan Park. Denny Caravan and Caravan Park, yeah. Denny Caravan, Denny Hotel. Denny Caravan and Car- Caravan Park. There we go, listeners. I finally got it right, okay? <laughs> now, Steve's going to tell us a few things about the park. Um... Before we do that, I just wanted to let all my listeners know that I found about this one, found out about this one on Wikicamps, and it was all positive re- reviews, Steve. Yeah, well, a lot of the people uh, sort of return customers type mm-hmm. thing, and uh, you know they uh, they enjoy the tranquility and the, the closeness, I suppose, to town, the RSL, that type of thing, golf mm-hmm. course over the back, and uh, yeah, yeah, just look after the customers, and they're uh, they, they love the place, so it's. Very positive. Well, I, I've got to tell you, I love the place. And as I said, I, I found out about it through Wikicamps. But I guess what impressed me was your rates. Now, you're very, very affordable. Tell us about your rates, first of all, on your powered sites. And one of the big benefits of your some of your powered sites. Yeah, well, their budget rates uh, for the for the retirees, pensioners, grey nomads. Uh, okay. We get a lot of essential workers through. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of old clients that have been coming back for years and years. So mm-hmm. we just... Yeah, yeah, it's a smallish business and uh, 16 cabins, six not powered sites for your own en-suites. Which is brilliant. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right, very well priced and uh, the people just keep coming back and, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, yeah. So just to let the listeners know, Steve, $25 for a powered site with its own ensuite. And I've been told quite a few times by my customers I've got to put the price up, but, yep. uh, yeah, they just keep coming back. So I've just decided just to keep it as is, mm-hmm. look after the, the, the people that are coming through. Yep. And it's been pretty uh, pr- pretty good. Everyone likes a bit of a chat and talk about things that are happening and everything. So that's where I'm sort of sitting. So. Well, I think, I think you helped me immensely when I checked in because the, I've got a big van. A lot of the listeners may not know. And the site was a little bit tight. But you came out, you said... Follow me, which I did, and yep. then yep. left hand down, right hand down. We had it in in two minutes, yep. which is brilliant service. Yep. A lot of people just point you in a direction, hand you a map, yeah, <laughs> and no. then you struggle with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, so, I, I try to help out as much as I can and stop the arguments. Yep, yep. well, mate, and save a lot of marriages. <laughs> <laughs> now, tell us about your cabins, because how many cabins have you got here? Well, 16 uh, cabins fully uh, fully self-contained with right. their own ensuite. Yep. And, uh, yeah, they uh, at the moment, 55 a single, 65 a double. And right. um, as I said, it's, it's affordable budget prices for a, a lot of the essential workers have been coming through over the last 12, 18 months yep. and prior to that. But again, I've looked after all the essential workers because, right. you know, they've been here uh, sort of doing doing a lot of work around Denny because they've got, uh, Denny's got a grant and uh, from the government and yep. everything and there's a lot of road works and stuff. And yeah, they love it. There's a fair bit of cooking gear and mm-hmm. Yeah, just sort of, uh, yeah, across the road from the RSL, which is handy. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. Now, what about if you don't want to cook? Now, a lot of a lot of blokes, a lot of workers, a lot of people on holidays, they don't really want to cook. I mean, you've got the RSL, is that right, just across the street? Yeah, the RSL. Yeah, and, and what got, else have you got in town? Well, there's the uh, the exchange a bit further down, and the Globe Hotel have got some beautiful meals and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of very positive sort of uh, feedback with the Globe. So, yeah. Uh, in walking distance of town, you've got IGA, you've got Coles. Right, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, so it's sort of everyone's, it's fairly central. Yep. That's, that's the positive uh, side of it too. Well, I, I, I've been here a couple of days now, and I, I had a drive around uh, on my first day arriving, and it's actually quite a big town. Yeah. Not only the Coles, I mean, you've got the Coles, which is important for your main things, but you've got a J car in town, you've got a McDonald's, you've got a reject shop, yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of... A lot of shops in there. Yeah, and there's plenty to do in Denny. Absolutely. So yeah. just a couple of things. What, what do you recommend for travellers to do in Denny? You got anything off the top of your head? Well, <laughs> you can uh, crack a beer. Yes. And, uh, yeah, just relax in the uh, sunshine. Yep. You've got the golf course here just over the back. Right. Great course in Denny. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, your RSL, you've got the, the depot where the cars are. Yep. There's just so many things that yep. come and go. Yes. And the the best way to find out about all the different things is Jane. Uh, she's been helping me from the information centre. Yes. Give them a call. They've got all the paperwork. They've got all the tracks. 
Fantastic. Where you can go walking, and uh, the river's just out the back there, the yep. Edwards River. Yep. Absolutely beautiful. Yep. The cod abiding at the moment. I was going to say, I understand <laughs> they that are. you want to throw a, throw a bit of cheese in there. Apparently, that's the local bait cheese yeah. and chicken for the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, something. Sounds like something you want to eat, but if you want to have a bit of fun, I'll okay, have a go at a cod, yeah. and they're biting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, they've actually just done up uh, Stephen's Weir. Right. And the boys were here on an offer about 12 months, essential workers and okay. the sandblasters and mm-hmm. scaffolders and all that sort of stuff. So that's a spectacle. I haven't actually been out there since they've done it, but that's okay. a spectacle in itself, and there's a lot of uh, fishing out there too. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Mate, thank you so much for your time. That's okay. Yeah, that's Steve, fine. Steve, yeah. now tell us again, where are you from, Steve? I am from Denoliquin, Caratel and Caravan Park. There you go, listeners. Now, before we finish this one, I've got to play your song, and it's got to be Aussie. Who's your favourite Aussie? Keith Urban. Right. And never work on Sunday. You never work on Sundays? Kick back in Denny with a couple of beers on Sunday? Yeah, way to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, Steve. Right. Stick around, listeners. We'll be straight back with more Roman Oz after I never work on Sundays. Cheers. I never work on a Sunday. I've got a life of my own. And this here now is the one day I spend with my family at home. Roman Oz, and I am here with Lindsay Renwick, and he is the president of the 
Deniloquent Historic Society. How are you today, Lindsay? I'm really feeling good. It's, we've had a great weekend and the weather here in Deniloquent is absolutely perfect. Fantastic. Now, what can you tell us about this historic society? We're sitting in here now surrounded by history of the whole town, really, isn't it? Yeah, the historic society started about 60-odd, 63 years ago here in Deniloquent with a group of people. Just purely and simply they formed this to, to have local history preserved, which they've done over the years. Fortunately for me, um, I decided that uh, I got interested in being a local born, bred Deniloquin person, mm-hmm. grandparents in Denny, yes. my parents, uh, raised in the joint, lovely town, lovely yep. town, great weather, Fantastic. as you've noticed, yes. lovely lady, um, Denny's prides itself on having good weather nearly all year round. Yes. I think we have about six frosts a year okay. and about ten sticking hot days a year. So yeah. the rest of it's pretty pretty good. As yeah. you're seeing today, the way you dress, you know, your apparel suits the weather. <laughs> but, uh, Shorts and T-shirts. Back, back to the Historic Society. This building you're in now is over 150-year-old. It's an old uh, police inspector's resident residence where the inspector of police lived and uh, our historic society was lucky enough to get it about 38, 35 years ago. Uh, it was pretty pretty in a disarray uh, and disrepair. The building was nearly falling down and our committee got hold of it and with a bit of grant money from the Heritage New South Wales pieced it back together mm-hmm. and that's... And that's uh, what you can see now, we've got the place um, renovated in the various rooms to show different themes. We pride ourselves on uh, showing the history of the, uh, the the wool industry and the stuff that was here in the old days. Because as a, I haven't mentioned it, but Denelic was found in 1840. Right. Uh, the old uh, the old surveyors were trying to find the Murray River, mm-hmm. and they come across the Edwards River, which is an anna branch from the Edwards River, back, starts at a place called Picnic Point and goes back into the Murray way down near Swan Hill Way. Mm-hmm. Beautiful passage of water. Water's all the way, nearly, nearly full all the time. It's used for another outlet to get water to Adelaide, so therefore uh, when there's irrigation time required, down in the South Australia, the, they, they use the Edwards River to push a bit of water through. So it was always great fishing. Yes. Uh, years and years of uh, RSL fishing clubs and local fishing clubs have contributed uh, a lot of money into restocking the river, and it's a beautiful breeding environment for the Murray Cod. For the mighty Murray Cod, yes. So any of your mates travelling around... When they come to Denny, you can throw a line in and catch a Murray Cod. Well, that's right. We, we were actually staying a couple of nights ago um, on the Murray, around the Yarrawonga area, and there was a camp group there, and the chap was out every day in his kayak, and every day he was catching He was catching them all for sport because there is a size limit to the Murray. Yep. They've got to be uh, between 55 and 75, you Correct. told me. Yep. Most of the ones he was getting are 40 to 50, but great fishing, great fishing. Um, and you also said great for boating because you mentioned uh, there's no real current on the river and it's pretty much the same height all the time. So a lot of people bring their boats here. A lot of, lot of uh, as you said, fishing. Fishing's a great sport and uh, it's a great environment here. And we don't have a lot of uh, opposition with, with power boating because we've got designated areas along the river here in Denaliquin, right? which gives the fishermen a bit of peace and ah, quiet. Excellent. Excellent. And that's lovely. Yep. Along the Murray, it's nearly nearly uh, full 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 go. Yeah. But in Denny, along the Edwards, we do have designated areas for power boating. Okay. Which gives a lot of a lot of free area for the fishermen. The fishermen. Yeah. And uh, uh, what you mentioned was good because I know the fishermen of today. Yes. Even if they catch a legal fish, that all they what they're content to take a photo of it. That's it. And release it, release it again. It is. So how good's that? It is. It's brilliant because, yeah, some of the places were getting depleted, whereas the Murray Cod, as you said, you could could probably just go down the back of here, as you said, throw a piece of cheese in there, pull out a nice nice fish for a bit of fun and uh, give it a kiss like Rex Hunt and let it go. 
Um, now, I wanted to ask you one other thing. Apart from the history of Dineliquin, and there's a lot of hotels in the place and a lot of great history, you also you also have once a year this this you muster, which is probably one of the biggest attractions for Dineliquin, isn't it? Now, I understand you go way back to the very, very first one. Yeah, I was lucky enough. I was on, on the Denny Council at the time. I was a councillor, and we actually lost our jazz festival. It was an annual event over Easter, and we actually, I think it was myself or somebody suggested that we, we try to fill the gap, the void that was created with the loss of the jazz festival. So we had a public meeting 21 years ago, actually, yep. close to 22 years now. We uh, had a public meeting and the 35 people attended that meeting. And um, from that, ideas evolved and uh, the Ute Mustard was the thing that cropped up the cream that came to the top. Right. So in uh, 21 years ago, well, sorry, 1999, we held our first Ute Mustard. We hoped we'd get two or 300 Utes there. We got... 1,978 utes, oh which caused, caused a bit of a ride, as you can appreciate. <laughs> Local police wouldn't have been happy. They weren't happy at all, mate. No, no. I got uh, pulled in on the Monday, and the uh, inspector of police at the time, he, he was very upset because he put them under the pump, which I could understand. Of course. There's that many young kids having a great time running around town. They didn't do any damage, basically. We had the first concert was in the Memorial Park, on the local footy ground and Koenigan performed there, did a wonderful job and mm-hmm. lots of people attended there. But unfortunately, the kids going home back to town and various campsites, they did a bit of damage and, yeah. of course, I got pulled over the coals because I was on council at the time and why did I do this and why did I do that? And I said, well, like you guys, I we're all shocked and think how successful it was. And the Boral Inspector of Police said to me today, well, you'll never have another one of those again. Yes. But uh, 22 years later, she's still going and Absolutely. bigger and better and stronger. Bigger and better and stronger. And it didn't happen last year, of course, because oh. of COVID. But uh, yeah. you've, got a, you've got a big bill. You've got some great acts coming this year. You've got the Angels and you've got uh, Johnny Williamson, for example. He's on the bill as well. Troy Cassadaly. Um, how are you going for the camping? Are there still some spots available or...? Well, you know more about it than me. You, you're actually right up with that country and western stuff, mate. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know well, I've got an idea it's going to be a, a cracker season for you this year. Just when is it on going? It's the October long, long weekend, isn't long it? Long weekend, October. It always has been that yep. weekend. But last weekend, is uh, they had the official opening of their new admin building out there, which is, is another big big win for Denaliquin and the Ute Master. Yes. All the... Uh, all the work, the general manager and all their staff will be out on site 20, 52 weeks of the year, mm-hmm. which is uh, open to the general public too. All okay. the people, the uh, grey nomads and people that are travelling through Denny, yes. that's, a, that's, a, that's a thing to definitely pull up and have a coffee okay. and have a look at that as we're travelling into Denny. So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a tourist um, mecca in itself, the, the Ute Master site. It's worth a look at. Uh, definitely. Along with a few other things we've got in Denny, along yes. with the... Is a, you, you probably haven't had the chance, or you may have had the chance. We've got a new uh, motor vehicle museum Museum, open up called yes. the Depot. It's, yep. It is first class. Okay. It's, it's great to see it. And while you're in Denny, you can have a look around the rice industry, the rice mill that's out there. We've also, Denelic was lucky in the war, years, the war era, they had a, um, a training school here, seven FTS, which was seven flying training school, where they taught young kids to fly wirraways. Wirraways, mm-hmm. uh, they, they rushed in a hurry because the, uh, they unfortunately, um, unfortunately the this training school started late. The war had already started and they were rushing to train up kids and one of the saddest things about the training school out here in Denolik, we lost 50 kids or 50, mm. 50 people lost their lives, either instructors or students or whatever, but... That was a sad thing. To lose that many lives in such a short time was a bit mm-hmm. sad. But I think it was purely insane because it was a rush to train up kids mm-hmm. to yep. get them into the war. And, of course, by the time the war ended, this was our training school had ramped up into a pretty major one in, in Australia. Mm-hmm. But it's since closed down. But we've got a little museum out there for any, uh, any visitors that are coming through Denny. Make that a little must-to-see as well. Okay. 
All right, Lindsay, well, thanks for your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And, and listeners, Denaliquin's definitely a place to come and see, not just for the Ute Muster, but for the history, as we've already mentioned, the Car Museum. Lindsay, um, I've got to play your song, mate. It's got to be Australian. Now, what can I play for you? Who's oh, your favourite Aussie? Aussie. I'd love a Lee Curdigan song. Have you got one there that... Oh, you oh, look, guaranteed, my friend. I've got Lee's entire catalogue. Definitely not a problem. How about I give you the boys from the bush? Love to do it. You know, you did mention Jade Hurley. Jade Hurley, yes. I've got Jade's music as well. Remember? Remember? Denny, Jade Hurley. Yes. Jade was a counsellor in Denny. He was. Good mate of mine. Yes. And Jade Hurley's listening to your program. Yes. G'day, Jade. Okay. Silver Relic, then I'll like one. Okay. I'll get in touch with Jade, mate, and I'll let him know we've had this chat. Thank you so much, Lindsay. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, mate. There you go, listeners. There you stick around. We're going to play Lee Kernigan's The Boys from the Bush. They're back in town, and uh, we'll be back with more Roman Oz straight after that. Shearing sheep, living mustard and stock. We've been culling our roots, we've been spraying the crops. We've been droving cattle up an old stock route. Now it's Saturday night, we pile in the ute. We're the boys from the bush and we're back in town. Well, the dog's in the bag and the foot goes down. We're live members of the Outback Club We're the boys from the bush Come in from the scrub We've been out in the heat We've been loading the trucks been fixing fences We've been choking on dust We curse the rain We curse the drought Now it's Saturday night Shout. We're the boys from the bush and we're back in town We get high when the sun goes down We're live members of the Outback Club We're the boys from the bush coming from the scrub Well, listeners, welcome back. I'm Phil C, and this is Raymond Oz, and we are still in Deneloquin, and I'm now with Vicky Lowry, the general manager of the Denny Ute Muster. How are you there, Vicky? I'm good today, thank you, and welcome to Deneloquin. Thank you so much for having us, taking some time to chat with us today. Tell us all about what you do here at the Ute Muster, and of course, your museum. So we're very excited to be able to to now display twenty will be 23 this year, but 22 years of Deniloquin Youth Muster to, to the public. Fantastic. Now, this is an incredible museum. Um, and I was having a look at some of your merchandise and I thought, wow, this is incredible. Yeah, Wouldn't... we have a great range. We have a great range. And that was a merchandise that we ordered in 
people sometimes like to just come and get a little souvenir. So uh, we're adding to that as well. So what you might be able to buy online or at the Denny Ute Muster for the people that come, yes. um, there'll be something different right. here in the muster shop. Yeah, the muster's been running for about 21 years, correct? Uh, yes, 21 years and 22 would have been last year, last which year. we had a virtual. Uh-huh. Uh, started in 1999, right. where a, a group of community people in Denelicum got together to to discuss. Had they had a meeting, a public meeting, to discuss what could what could be created to draw people to Denelicum. They were, they were suffering through a drought at the time, right? And uh, they were just, and the long weekend. So it was planned for the New South Wales Labor Day long weekend. Right. That's when town people tended to go away, and the the town was rather quiet. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So from that public meeting, they had another meeting. They they went away and thought about. All the different things that they could do. I think one was hot air ballooning. There are all sorts of ideas, and uh, the Denny a Ute muster came from that. And it was six months before when they finally decided that's what they were going through it, going to do. And they put together in six months. They threw it together in six months. They got some major sponsors on board. Holden being one, mm-hmm. um, Bundy was another, and they're still our sponsor now. Yes. Um, to get, they got some corporate sponsors behind them. Uh, they didn't expect to have uh, just under 3,000 youths turn up and 5,000 people. Um, on the very first one? The very first one. <laughs> okay. they, they were based at what is now the Visitor Information Centre now in town. Right. It was smaller then. And you would think back then there were no... Uh, there was no email, there were no mobile phones. There were there were a couple on the committee that worked for the local council, unbeknown to the local council, were doing all the photocopying and everything was on A4 yellow paper, which was a big thing back then. Um, so that's how they got the word out. They got the word out by someone would drive through and they would give them these A4 copy paper and, um, you know, phones. On, on the week leading up, all these people turned up. They, they said it was the funniest sight, you know, they were printing out tickets, they had money just, you know, <laughs> everywhere. people were lined up down the street to come. Yes. Amazing story. And, and and I understand you got these new gates out the front, which have been there for about 10 years now. Yeah, yes, they, they were there. They were uh, an art project funded, um, a community one, and that was uh, for the 10th anniversary. Right. And those gates are we claim are the most photographed um, gates in Daniloquin. And our first week out here at the office, by 10 o'clock, there were 13 people uh, had stopped and taken Taken photos of those gates. And pretty impressive. So everybody with a ute would want to photograph next to those. Yeah, or you don't have to have a ute. No. And we say that about the ute muster. You don't have to have a ute to come to the Denny Ute Muster. We now have over 70% of our patrons are family. Families that have probably been coming year after year after year. Some of them would have started as young fellas with utes that are now coming out with wives and children. That's exactly right. They started in 1999 in what's called the Ute Paddock, where it's utes only, camping, swags, no tents. Mm -hmm. And now they're over the other side where all the families camp. And you can do like early bird bookings and you, you've got a spot guaranteed. Tell yes. us a little bit about that yep. because I know when I went to the Big Red Bash a couple of years ago, we were we were just queued up on the side of the road for hours waiting yep. to get in. So tell us how it works here. Okay, so if you don't want to, our gates open a day earlier to mm. allow everyone in. And last muster we had 15,000 people come in a day earlier just to set up their camp. They couldn't get into the festival arena till 8 a.m., the okay. next day, yep. but they were here set up the day before ready to go. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to line up or if you want to come with a group of friends and you all want to camp together, we have reserved camping. So you can buy a, a reserved spot or you can buy several and all camp together mm-hmm. and you can camp, turn up. You don't have to be in line to make sure you get the best spot. You could turn up first thing Saturday morning, you know where your camp spot yep. is and in you go. And once you buy that reserved ticket, it's all inclusive? Uh your ticket, your your actual ticket to the mm-hmm. muster, which is a general admission, is all inclusive. That okay. includes general camping, which is you know where, whatever spots are left, and includes all the artists, all the entertainment around the ground, unless you want to go on a helicopter ride or a um, or in the um, carnival area. And of course, you have to buy your own food and drinks inside the festival arena. Of course, if you're camping, you can bring your own. Food. Okay. Um, yeah. So the ticket includes all of that. But a camping ticket, depending on what um, size campsite you want, reserved. Yeah. Now, this museum, whose idea was that? Was oh, that... look, 
the museum has been in planned and, you know, plans have, have um, surfaced from many years ago, different as the board or the committees and the staff have changed, there's been ideas and it's always been a long-term plan to have, you know, made sense not to be leasing a place but to be out here on site. Right. But then in 2018, it's, you know, it's reared its head again and uh, we've tried to get funding, which we have received funding by both um, state and local government, um, which we've been very fortunate. And then the initial plans um, started and then now here we are, yeah. we're, you know, from 2018 to now we're, we're operational and it's an amazing building. It's an amazing building and, you, and your, your merchandise is incredible. Yeah, yeah. And you're obviously going to sell heaps of that. On we the hope big, so. We I'm hope sure so. you will. We October so. long weekend. So um, oh, how many people you, do you estimate? I mean, last year was all sold out. So yeah. what last, was the sellout for you guys? How many people? Last year was all sold out. We were at capacity at over 20,000 people. Okay. And, and what may have been a sellout, um, say, back in... 2010 is mm. different to a sellout now because way back in the early years, yes, they were all coming in their utes and swags, and now people come in their big caravans and their Winnebagos, so it takes up more room, of course. So we had over 20,000 people. Wow, yeah, that's a huge this, amount. This year, we're planning, you know, um, we really start to um, get stuck into our planning now. Yeah, we've now gone cashless. Yes. Um, so all RFID, which is radio frequency identification mm. on their wristband. Well, Vicky, that's really fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. And uh, I'm going to play that song we spoke about a little earlier before we did the interview, Johnny Williamson's Hey True Blue. Now stick around, listeners, for more Roaming Oz straight after that. Hey, true blue, don't say you've gone. Say you've knocked off for a smoker, and you'll be back later on. Hey, true blue, hey, true blue, give it to me straight. Face to face Are you really disappearing Just another dying race Hey, true blue True blue Is it me and you is it mom and dad? Is it a cockatoo? Is it standing by your mate when he's in a fight? Or just fed your mind? True blue, I'm asking you. Can you bear the load? Will you tie it up with wire just to keep the show on the road? Hey, true blue. Hey, true blue. Now be fair, Dinkum. Is your heart still there? If they sell us out like sponge cake Do you really care? Hey, true blue True blue Is it me and you? Is it mom and dad? Is it a cockatoo? Is it standing by your mate when she's in a fight? 
Visit mom and dad Visit a cockatoo Visit standing by your mind When he's in a fight Or just fed your mind True Hope you enjoyed the show, listeners. If you missed any, check out our Facebook page or allaussieradio.com.au. Tune in next week for more Roman Oz. Oz.